0: Thanks for listening to Empower Outdoors. Today we have special guest Ashley Lundvall to talk about antelope hunting. She is truly an ambassador for the outdoors. Um, Since a paralyzing ranching accident in 1999, Ashley's been super passionate about making outdoor recreation accessible for everyone she's on a ton of different outdoor and shooting sports related committees and boards and I'll include a link to those on our blog post but notably she's also a volunteer on the alumni committee for the Wyoming women's antelope hunt so thank you for joining our show Ashley thanks so much for having me yeah so I kind of mentioned there that you're part of the women's Wyoming women's antelope hunt can you tell us a little bit about kind of what that is
1: Sure. So the Wyoming Women's Antelope Hunt was started here in Wyoming in 2013, and it was really brought about by the fact that there weren't a lot of established hunts specifically for women across the country. And so a couple of ladies here in Wyoming saw the need for that, and they had been talking about it with some other ladies, and they all got together and decided that the best thing to do is just start their own hunt. And so, again, that was started in 2013, and it's, it's been amazing to watch it really grow by leaps and bounds over the, the past five or six years now. Um, in the fall, um, here in October coming up, we'll have between 40 and 45 women, hopefully, from not only the state of Wyoming, but really just from all over the country. And they come to the eastern side of Wyoming to a private ranch there. And that's kind of the, the headquarters for the entire hunt for the weekend. And then we send them out two by two to ranches around the area to hunt antelope. And the amazing thing about it is that we have such a variety of women that come to this hunt um, based on their skill level. Sometimes we'll have women that have literally never picked up a firearm before, and then women that have been hunting their whole life. And so to see the, the mentoring and the camaraderie that is built that weekend, um, like I said, we send people out two by two, so they take a least, you know, less experienced hunter and a more experienced hunter and send them out together. And it's just really cool to see the ladies grow and the memories that are made that weekend and, and really just how... It teaches women not only about hunting, but kind of what happens after the hunt. You know, we teach them how to process their antelope. We do cooking classes about how to feed their families when they get back home with that meat. And it's just really an amazing weekend. And so really happy to be a part of it. I hunted first in 2014, and now I go back every year as a volunteer. And so really encourage women if you're looking for an opportunity to hunt or just how to get into hunting, the Wyoming Women's Antelope Hunt is a great place to start.
0: That's awesome. Where can you find, you know, if someone were to want to apply to go on that hunt?
1: Sure. So you just um, go to Wyoming org, and it has all the information there about how to participate, about how to come to the dinners. If you just kind of want to check it out for the first time without hunting, how to be a sponsor, how to be a part of the media side of things. And so again, that's Wyoming org has all the information.
0: And had you, you hunted antelope before 2014 when you hunted with the woman, woman, Wyoming Women's Antelope Hunt?
1: I actually had not hunted antelope. It was kind of a weekend of first for me in a lot of different areas. I'd never hunted with all women before. Um, previous to that, I'd always hunted with all, all guys. So that was really cool. Never hunted antelope before and had never hunted um, on the eastern side of the state of Wyoming. So it was really an amazing weekend of first for me. Um, but what I learned from that was something that allowed me then to to go on and continue to hunt antelope and want to to hunt with more women and things like that. So it was really a, a weekend of first for me, but changed a lot about how I hunt and how I look at specifically antelope hunting.
0: Right. Um, I'm actually going on my first antelope hunt um, next month in South Dakota. So I'm I'm really curious, and I'm doing an archery hunt, but I'm really curious on and what, what you learned on how to hunt antelope and kind of any best practices that you've found, I guess, from, from your experience.
1: So two important things that I've really learned from antelope hunting. The first is that you have to be ready for anything, depending on the time of year that you are hunting. Um, if they're in the rut or not, they're incredibly curious and very territorial animals. The bucks are especially during the rut. And so I've literally seen people wave white handkerchiefs and have bucks walk up like within five yards of them, and I've spent days chasing them where they were always miles and miles away. So you really have to be able to adapt and be ready for anything. Um, but the other thing is how you handle antelope meat. You'll, you'll hear people, they'll say, you either love it or you hate it. And a lot of it is how you prepare and take care of the meat after you've harvested. Um, antelope hair is hollow, and so it's a really good insulator. And it really keeps in the heat, especially if they've been running around a lot. So I always tell people the most important thing is once you get one on the ground, is to get that hide off as quick as possible and get them cold. And um, we always have um, a cooler with us with a bunch of ice in it because we just know that the quicker you can get that animal skinned and cold and on ice, the better the meat's going to taste. And so be ready for anything and have fun with it, but be prepared to adapt because they will certainly keep you guessing.
0: And what, uh, what time of year do they typically rut? Is that early October, end of September?
1: Yeah, here in Wyoming, it's it's into September and into October. Um, and that's why we have the the women's antelope hunt when we do, because we're hoping to kind of catch it there. Because most of the women that come have a buck tag. We'll have a couple doe tags, but mostly buck tags. Um, and so that's usually the best time, just because, again, the bucks are a, a little bit more curious. They're more territorial. So if you have a, something that can get their attention or you have a decoy, I've seen a lot of archers now that are using those full-body decoys that actually mount on the front of your bow and i've literally seen people walk like literally stalk right up to these antelope because they're so curious and they're so territorial during the rut and so that's an it's an amazing time to, to be out there and be hunting them because you can get a lot closer makes archery obviously doable but it's just a lot of fun to see mm-hmm. the animals and how they react and, and just watching them is a lot of fun as well
0: have you hunted them not in the rut before
1: No, any tag I've ever had has always been in the rut, which has been really nice. Um, But even then, I've only ever done rifle. And so I have so much respect for people that can track them down and get a stock on them archery hunting just because, like I said, they can be so squirrely and so flighty on one second and the next second they're very curious. And so it's really fun to see that. But one of the things that we do at the Wyoming Women's Antelope Hunt is we give an award out for, we call it the super stalker. And it's whoever can get the closest to the antelope before she makes her harvest. And it's really neat because you know, it brings out the competitive side of people, first of all. But it's just interesting to see the stories that come out of what these women had to go through in order to get that close to an antelope. And a lot of times, like I said, these women have never hunted before, or if they have, you know, they've, they've just gone once or twice. And so to see them really wrap their heads around the stalking aspect of it and you know getting down on their bellies and crawling through ravines and up and over hills and through fences and it's just really neat to see how involved and how excited they get about it and so that's a a favorite award that we give out every year but it gives the women a lot of respect for the antelope as well because they again they've got such good eyesight and if they do spot you and they take off sometimes you will not see them again for days it feels like and so always fun to see people that can get as close as they can to these really neat animals
0: you really have to work for it is what you're saying.
1: (laughs) They do. They make you work for it. But I think that's why people enjoy it so much is that it's not really like any other hunting and you just never know what the day is going to bring. And you don't always necessarily have to get up at the crack of dawn like you do with other animals. You know, you can go out sometimes in the middle of the day and they'll be out and they really stay out in the open for the most part. And, So it's really kind of a strategy to see where you need to be to get to the animals and things like that. So I've never heard of anyone that doesn't have a good time hunting. Even if you get really frustrated hunting antelope, you always end up having a great time. And I think that's why we have such success with the women's antelope hunt is is the women just have a great time over the weekend and they just learn a lot about themselves as hunters. And so it's always a a great weekend.
0: Do you typically start off with a lot of glassing or, you know, just to locate them and and then move in on them?
1: Yeah, that's that's really the most important part. You have to have good optics when you're hunting antelope just because they're really hard to um, kind of size up in the field if you're looking for a specific, you know, antelope or you're really looking for a trophy quality buck or something like that. Um, optics are huge because especially when they bunch up, it's really hard to kind of zero in and, and range from a long distance, you know, what is a more of a mature buck and what is a younger buck and things like that. So optics are key you really need a really good pair of binos or a spotting scope or some somehow to just really get up there and see the details on the animals. But having somebody know the area is really important too, just because again, if they take off running, those animals can run for miles and miles without stopping. And so if they drop down somewhere or they, you need to really know what's over the next ridge so that you can kind of get an idea of where you think they might be headed. And so um, what we do there at the women's antelope hunt is we're all on all private ground. And so um, we're fortunate here in Wyoming, we do have a lot of public ground, but um, the hunt that we do is all on private ground. So all the guides actually are people that work at those ranches. And so they know the property really well. They can give us an idea of you know where the antelope may be headed, where they usually can be found. And so that's usually a good time to start is find them, locate them, see if there's a couple that you really want to go after and then go from there.
0: Um, you said that you hunt for the Wyoming women's antelope hunt on private land typically. Um, have you hunted much on public land in Wyoming then?
1: I have um, and that's actually I have a tag for this fall that's a, a buck antelope tag and it's going to be on public land and so what we do is we just spend you know at least a week or two before just going out and kind of getting a lay for the land as well as if we're seeing some Sometimes you'll find some bucks kind of off by themselves. Sometimes they'll be grouped up with, a, you know, a larger herd. And so we just try to get an idea of where they are, um, if they're, you know, hanging in one particular area during certain parts of the day, kind of seeing what the weather's going to be like. And that's another thing here in Wyoming. You never know what the weather's going to be like. You can be out hunting in 80 degree weather and then it can be snowing the next day. And so you really have to kind of get a gauge for how that affects the animals. If they're going to bed down somewhere or if they're going to keep moving and so we try to just go out and do as much um, scouting as we can before. But we also have thousands and thousands of acres of public land. And so, you know, you could get there opening day and there could be a bunch of other hunters there already. And so then you kind of have to adapt in the field and go to a different location. And so, again, that's why optics are so important is getting out there and seeing what you can find and where the animals are and things like that. And so it's kind of the, the pros and cons of public land is you're, you're very blessed to have it but you also that just means there's even more area for those antelope to get to where you have to then pursue and so we're fortunate here in Wyoming but it definitely takes a lot more prep that way just because there's so much land that you have to cover and and really know where those antelope are and again if they take off running they can go for miles and miles and so you could start out in one place in the morning and end up somewhere completely different by evening and so I don't know it's kind of interesting that way it makes you adapt in the field and makes it a lot more interesting.
0: Right. When you're scouting for antelope, um, what kind of landscape are you really looking for? You know,
1: where we hunt here in Wyoming, a lot of it is just really dry, flat plains. Um, They don't really go up into the mountains here like a lot of our other animals do. And so fortunately for me and my wheelchair, that makes it a little bit easier when it's a lot of, you know, flat plains. Because I have what's called an action track chair, which is really just kind of like a wheelchair on steroids, and it can climb up into the mountains and things like that, but it goes a lot smoother for me when it's flat plain. And so kind of the rolling hills um, is, is better for me just physically to hunt, which is another reason why I like antelope. But um, I also do quite a bit of long distance shooting just because, again, being in the wheelchair, I try to get as close as possible, but it's not always you know, doable for me. And some of those flat plains that we have here in Wyoming are very conducive to long distance shooting. Um, You can can see for quite a ways and you can spot animals for a while and I don't have to get maybe quite as close in my stalking because I'm not quiet in even that big action track chair. And so for me, you know, doing a spot and stalk is a little bit more difficult just again because I usually, those antelopes see me coming from a mile away. I get lucky if they're very curious and they're not really, you know, used to seeing a, a big track chair or a wheelchair and sometimes that'll make them pause just long enough for me to get a shot off, but a lot of times it just makes them take off running. And so being able to shoot at longer distances is really important to me to be able to do that ethically and accurately. So I like those flat plains where I can see for quite a while. that just have some, you know, maybe gentle rolling hills where my track chair can handle that terrain. And I can do a little bit more of a stock that way without having to get right up on them. And so um, we're very fortunate, again, here in Wyoming to have a lot of public land that's easy to access you might end up walking for miles and miles that day, but at least the terrain is a little bit flatter where the antelope are, and that makes a big difference.
0: What's the typical um, distance that that you would shoot an antelope at? Um, you know,
1: it really just depends on um, the day and how long we've been out there. If I've been out there for weeks and just cannot get any closer than a couple hundred yards, then that kind of puts me in a position where I, where I will take a longer shot. But my goal is always to get as close as possible, Um I've had some, you know, training in long distance. I've got the right setup for it. So it's not something that I do, you know, half-heartedly or lightly at all. But at the end of the day, if I'm trying to make a harvest and I just can't get anything done, I will take a longer shot than maybe some people are comfortable with. But again, it's something that I've trained for and made sure I've had lots of time at the range and gotten, you know, ready for that type of a shot. But for the most part, I like to stay under 200 yards if at all possible. And that's kind of across the board with hunting in general. But again, another reason why optics are important and having the right equipment, but also having had plenty of time to practice those longer distance shots is really important. But um, here in Wyoming, wind also plays a huge factor. A lot of people don't realize how strong the wind is here in Wyoming. And if it's a really windy day, obviously you don't need to be taking longer distance shots just because there's a lot more um, of that wind that will affect your shot and the bullets and things like that. So um, hopefully if you could find a day that's not too windy and you need to make that longer distance shot you've prepared for it and everything kind of falls into place to make sure it's a good shot.
0: Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Before, you know, antelope hunting, have you experienced other types of hunting? Yep. So I
1: um, just started hunting. um, It's been about 10 years ago now. Actually, I've been in a wheelchair about 20 years, but didn't start hunting until after my accident and moving out here to Wyoming and uh, grew up in Indianapolis. It just wasn't something that I did or had any friends or family members that did. And so moving out to Wyoming really kind of opened up that possibility for me. But started out mule deer hunting and um, then got into elk and then got into antelope and then kind of branched out into, you know, bird hunting, turkey hunting, you know, upland and ducks and all kinds of other animals. And then actually got to go to Africa last year. And so that was a whole another experience for me and different animals that I was able to hunt. But um, it started with mule deer. And I think that's pretty typical here in Wyoming. And then just kind of branched out from there, but always looking for new opportunities and, and other interesting species to hunt and just how much you learn about that animal and what you learn and how you grow as a hunter, I think is really important.
0: That's amazing. I'm, I've am i never hunted mule deer, so I actually technically had a tag for one in, uh, where was it? Idaho. I was just in Idaho elk hunting and I got, I figured I would get a, a mule deer, a white tail deer tag too, just in case. Sure. It's always <laughs> um, good to be prepared. Right. And, um, yeah, but never have, have I ever yet. So, um, with all your hunting, um, that you've done and, and you're very passionate also obviously about accessibility to the outdoors. Um, how have you found ways to make, you know, the outdoors accessible for you and to spread the message to others?
1: One of the important things about accessibility that people have to realize is that it ends up being, more work for people with disabilities, but it's so worth it in the long run. And that really starts with the prep. Um, anytime I'm going to be in a new area or I'm going to be, you know, even if it's private ground that someone's been like, oh, yeah, you can come and hunt here, or if I'm leaving the state of Wyoming and getting into places that I'm really not comfortable with, the prep work is so vitally important. And you have to know the right questions to ask people because someone will be like, oh, yeah, our land's accessible. And they you get there and it's full of, you know, um, creeks that you have to cross and ditches that you can't get over and things like that. And they're like, Oh, we didn't think about that. So knowing, you know, what your, your, um, needs are in order to ask other people the right questions is really important. And, um, and I always try to do as much prep as possible. If, if it's somewhere where I can go early, like I was talking about my antelope tag that I'm going to be hunting on here in a couple of weeks, I haven't been out to this area. yet. So we're going to spend time weeks before Going out, checking out the terrain, knowing where I can and can't get, just to make sure that I have done as much prep as possible on my end before. So that's really important. Um, Equipment plays a huge role. Like I said, I have that action track chair, and that has made such a huge difference in my mobility when I'm out in the field because, you know, in my manual chair, there are just some places I can't get to. And so when I have that action track chair, that makes all the difference in areas that I can get to um equipment that I can carry on that I shot a cow elk last fall and I literally dragged that elk back to the truck with my track chair so I mean <laughs> having that thing has made such a big difference um knowing you know do you have a permit to shoot from a vehicle if not if you're shooting from your chair you know do you have the right shooting sticks if there's a fence nearby, are you comfortable leaning on it or a tree or anything like that? So equipment is really big and knowing what you're going to need and what you don't you know, need as well. But then really your kind of what I call your, your tribe or your team of people that you may have helping you is also really important. I know a lot of people want to be independent. They don't like to ask for help, and I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, if you've got people that are there supporting you, even if they're not – Physically hands on helping you. They're just there just in case you do need assistance. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's really important to have that team. Um, my husband is my favorite hunting buddy. And a lot of times he goes with me just because, you know, he doesn't make it possible, but he makes it easier. And so having him with me, there, you know, we have great memories that we share, but he's always there. You know, if I do need a little extra assistance or if it's just at the end of the day and I am just spent and I need a little extra help with something, having that team in place to support you is also really important. Um, but if you do the prep work, you've got the right equipment, and you've got the right people supporting you. From what I've found, the last 20 years is really not anything that you can't do. Um, but that's the attitude that you have to have coming into it, is that you know we're going to adapt, and we're going to make it work no matter what it looks like. It may not be pretty, but at the end of the day, you have a good time, and you get it done. And then you learn you know, about yourself and, and what you need for the next time. And so, like you mentioned, I'm just really passionate about keeping people with disabilities active, but helping them, you know, prep and helping them find the right equipment and helping them find the right people to make them successful when they're in the outdoors, specifically with hunting. And that's just something that's really rewarding.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and kind of what you said too, you like to go hunting with your husband. He's your partner, you know, obviously. That's the same with me. I I love hunting with my husband because a it makes things easier to and just to share memories with somebody um because to me hunting is is great when you can do it yourself but it's also something that i like to share um just because it's it's just a pastime that we both enjoy so that's really cool as well i really appreciate you coming on the show and um you know Telling me a little bit about antelope hunting, teaching me a little bit. Hopefully I have a little success in South Dakota. I'm crossing my fingers. But um, is there anything else, I mean, about antelope hunting or hunting in general that you'd like to share? Or even share your you know, your website and kind of other things that you do? Sure. So I tell people all the
1: time, you've got to get out and try it. I know if, if you're new to hunting or it's not something that you are you didn't grow up with it or you're not comfortable with it. There are so many opportunities out there not only for women, but just for people in general to get into hunting. And so if it's something that you're really interested in, you know, don't be scared. Don't be intimidated reach out to the conservation groups that are out there and, you know, the NRA and all these you know amazing organizations that want to help people get involved in hunting and will give you the tools that you need, hook you up with the right people. Um, if you have a disability and you want to get out and, and get outdoors and get out hunting and things like that, please reach out to me. I love helping people. Get out for the first time. Connect them with other people in their area. There is a huge community of people within the disability world that are out there doing these things. And so, if you can make that connection, it makes such a big difference to help you have the tools and the resources needed in order to do that for yourself as well. And so, um, the best way to contact me is just through my website. It's ashleylundvall.com, um, and everything is there. You know, you can contact me. There's resources available. You know, my email is there. Whatever you need to get a hold of me, because again, that's that's really just what I'm passionate about is helping other people to be independent, to get outdoors and to be active. And so anything that I can do to help others um, is always always a good day for me when I'm able to do that.
0: Awesome. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and I look forward to seeing how the Women's Wyoming Antelope Hunt goes too. So thanks again. Thank you so much and good luck on your antelope hunt. Have a great time. Thank you. That was episode 18 with Ashley Lundvall. Thank you so much for listening and supporting our podcast, Empower Outdoors. If you love it, make sure to write a review either on iTunes or on our Facebook page, Empower Outdoors Podcasts.